Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on a wonderful Friday morning in Queen City, Texas. Glad you've joined us live if you have. And if you are watching this in the archives, well, God bless you too. And uh, we archive everything on our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And everything is also on the website at thecrosswaychurch.com. <coughs> and so I pray and encourage you to go and avail yourself to everything we're doing there where you can learn the Word of God as it is. Truth in its righteous context means as it pertains to the one who said the Word was about him. His name is Jesus. Uh, we've got a new 11 CD series. I want to advertise just for a moment this morning. 11 CDs, a series I recently just got through preaching, The Cross Life. And I tell you what, it was a great blessing to me. The study and the delivering of this message and to our people here at Crossway Church and all those who are out there who listen. And I know what we do is on YouTube, but if you uh, know somebody that don't do YouTube, that don't do the computer, well, you need to get one of these for them so they can put it in their old-timey CD player <laughs> or their vehicle going down the road and listen to them, and they'll be blessed because we need to understand what the phrase and all the terminology today, preaching the message of the cross and this cross stuff, you need to understand that so you don't miss out on uh, what God's wanting to do in your life. The Cross Life, 11 CDs, $25. You can donate at thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, we're in the book of Galatians this morning. You can turn to chapter 6. And while you're turning there, I'll just remind you of a couple of things uh, before we dig into the Word this morning. Wichita Falls, our new church plant, is next weekend. Uh, Andrew will be speaking Friday night again. My son and I'll be doing Saturday morning from 10 to lunch. Andrew will also be home uh, this next week on spring break and he'll be preaching here at Crossway Church on Wednesday night. So I encourage you to uh, be here, tune in, whatever you need to do to support this gospel being preached by folks who know what the gospel really means. Andrew is a Bible college student at Jimmy Swaggart Bible College and is really being blessed and used of the Lord. So uh, tune in this next Wednesday night, and you'll hear Andrew preaching the gospel. <clears throat> and, uh, and I brought up Wichita Falls because we are planning a church there. It's four and a half hours away from here. And, uh, and uh, we need your prayers. We need your finances. We're on the radio there starting today. Uh, KMOC FM radio, and they're advertising 10 30-second commercials for us a week, and that takes money, and it takes money to rent the conference room, money to have a hotel there one night uh, per uh, one, one weekend a month, so I encourage you. So help us plant this church in Wichita Falls, Texas. And also, Bibles to Inmates, as most of you know, we mail six expositor study Bibles a week to inmates across the land. We started this in November of 2014, and of this week we have mailed 890 Bibles. I keep a record of name, where they go, and how many, and all that stuff. So I just want to have a, a special thanks to all those who help us so into this ministry financially and help us with the church planning, the Bibles to the inmates, and all that we're doing here, and many of you do. Uh, so into this ministry. We are in the book of Galatians and we have today and possibly one more. I'm not going to promise anything. Maybe two more after this. We're trying to make it through Galatians. We're not really in a hurry. After we get through with Galatians, the Lord has directed me to begin to teach on the subject of righteousness. And it's mentioned as righteous, righteousness, and other ways 291 times in the Bible. And we're going to just do a study on Friday mornings on the righteousness of God after we get through with Galatians. And it is going to be amazing. The Lord is already giving me things I've never seen in the Word before. And I cannot wait to get in and share share it with you. And I'm excited about it, praise God. I love the Word of God, and I know you do. That's why you're here. That's why you're here in the studio this morning. And if you are 
anywhere in our region, no matter what church you go to, bring your coffee, your Bible, your pad and paper, pencil on Friday mornings at 9 o'clock. Be with us for an hour and you'll be blessed, I guarantee it. Not trying to get you in Crossway Church, trying to get you in the Word of God. So join us if you can and get the word out that we're, uh, we have a Bible study here. This today is session 59, March the 1st, 2019, just to let us know where we are. So uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 is where we'll begin. But before we do, let's ask the Lord to give us that which we need today. Only He can teach us. Only He can give us that which we need. Amen. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to be here, to be in this Bible study, to have your word laid open before us, Lord. We're asking you to impart to us (coughs) that which we need today, that daily bread, that strength, that direction, instruction, correction, that wisdom, Lord, that encouragement, that which we need today from you. We ask you to give us, Lord, a greater light and revelation of your Son, Jesus Christ, as we know all things are from Him, by Him, for Him, and to Him. And we give you the glory for all things today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, here we are in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. And the Bible says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And the reason he says, and we have therefore opportunity, if you back up to the verse right before that, he's talking about doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. And it because we're going to reap if we faint not. And this is if if Christians do not know the way of sanctification, the way of the cross, that and they don't get involved in this second reformation that we are in today in the church of not only 500 years ago learning that we're justified by faith, but that today we're also sanctified by faith alone. Not what we do, but again, it's all about what Jesus did at Calvary. They'll never be able to keep doing good. They'll never be able, they're going to faint, they're going to quit at times, if not for good. (coughs) So that's what he's talking about is doing good. Don't stop doing good. But in God's eyes, you can't do good unless it's Christ in you and through you doing the good because there ain't nothing good about us. There's nothing good in and of ourselves. Paul said there's nothing in my flesh worth talking about. It's not, it can't do anything but it subject itself to Christ and let Him do the work in me. We're His workmanship, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10. So he's talking about doing good and he says, as we have therefore opportunity... Let us do good unto all men. Not just the ones we pick out that we like. All men. We're to carry the example of Christ that loves all men, cares about all men, is ready to have a word for all men, is ready to help whoever's in need right there. As we have opportunity, we're to help them. And he says, but he says, especially unto them. Here he gives a little priority little emphasis, priority, unto them who are of the household of faith. We're ministers of the Lord, and we daily look for these opportunities to do good unto all men, but especially those who are of the household of faith. Listen, if, 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 a, if a Christian brother or sister is in dire need, and it's right there before us, and this person of the world is lost and, 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 and in dire need, we're to take care of the church first. That's what the Bible says. And then if we can, we're to take care of them. But we're to take care of the household of faith first. There's a priority there. And that means also not just giving somebody something to eat or or to drink or or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I personally believe God's focus has always been His people. And the world's supposed to see Him among his people and want to be like them, want what they've got. And that's the way God reaches the world. And so if we're taking care of each other, if we're loving each other like we're supposed to be, being merciful and gracious to each other like we're supposed to be, the world's going to see that. The ones who who are going to see it, they're going to see it and they're going to want to be like that. They're going to want what we have. 
And so that's why it's important that we do what we're called to do and be who we're called to be and to take care of the church first. Yes, we're to take care of our families. If we don't, the Bible says we're worse than an unbeliever. We're to take care of our families. We're to take care of those in all men, but there's a priority on the church. We don't take care of the world instead of giving our tithes. We don't choose what I'll do with my tithe. We give the tithe. We bring the holy tithe to a holy God in the church, local church where he's planted me where I'm being fed. I don't give my tithe where I think who needs it out there to the world. It's to the church has first priority. Amen, Brother Curtis. I don't like you already. Well, I still love you. Amen. You'd be amazed at what you could learn if you just tune in every week or be here and you could learn some things. We'll admit quickly that we don't know everything and then when we hear something we've never known, we're like, well, he just thinks he knows everything. I, <laughs> I don't know much of anything, to be honest with you, but I learn something new all the time. Amen. I do. I, I, learned, I learned yesterday, you know, why angels can't be redeemed. You know why angels can't be redeemed? Only people can. We know that they can't because you know they don't know anything about it. We've heard it all our lives. But angels can't be redeemed because they fail personally and individually. We fail in Adam. They fail personally and individually. God didn't create all angels in an angel. But he created all people in Adam, the representative. So think about that. You can learn something new every day. Amen. Any, 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 and and I believe verse ten is kind of him coming to the end of a little portion that he's talking about about don't faint, don't grow weary, keep doing good unto all men because whatever you sow, that you're going to reap. Don't think you're going to manipulate God because He can't be mocked. Whatever you're sowing, that you're going to reap. I don't care if you're lost. I don't care if you're saved. If you're sowing it, you're going to reap it. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow a, a Abundantly, you're going to reap abundantly. God said it. God means it. He can't lie. He will make it happen, but he won't be mocked. You can tell me one thing, but you listen. It don't matter what you tell me. Well, preacher, I'm doing this. I'm not going to do that. Listen, don't matter what you tell me. God sees what you're telling him from your heart. And that's the way he deals with us, with our heart, how we talk to him with our heart, not our lips. So you better be careful how you're sowing. You know, and, and, and don't don't say, well, I, I can't do this and I can't do that. Well, you know, the people say they can't tithe, but they're eating out every other night. Come on now. Come on. We don't want to get into that now. Can't go to church, but you see them in Walmart over by the pork and bean aisle. You see them in Sam's. You see them in these other. Can't go to church. All right, preacher, settle down. Okay, verse 11. <laughs> Paul says, You see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. Now, when you study this, it actually says this. With what large letters I've written you. And there's no exact, for sure, knowledge of why he did this. All, all you can do is stay in the context of these scriptures and see that the reason has to be pretty much because of the urgency and the state of that church he was writing to. Because typically when Paul and these other men of God would hear from God and or write down what they'd seen, they had a scribe doing it. They had like, you know, like who was it wrote for Paul? Luke wrote for Paul, great, the great physician, and, and, and he had people write for him. And, <clears throat> but this here, he says, you see how large a letter, he, that means when you study it, with what large letters I've written unto you with mine own hand. This is important enough, I wanted to be the one to write it down. With large letters. Some say he wrote with large letters because he couldn't see good. Uh, some say because he had such a great uh, emphasis, maybe he wrote it with all caps. Uh, but there's no certainty about that. But I, I'm, a, I'm one of those ministers that believe if we'll just stick with the context, 
most of the time we'll find out what, what he's talking about right here with the story in which he's writing. And the main point here is the huge sense of urgency from the Lord through the apostle. This is being written not by the typical scribe that penned for the Apostle Paul, but he penned it himself, I believe, with the urgency because of the spiritual state in Galatia. And the next verse reveals this very issue to me. I think I I can see that in verse 12. He says, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh... They constrain, that word means compel you, to be circumcised only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Now, all the Judaizers were not all the same. There were some Judaizers that taught, and you see this in Acts 15.1 if you're taking notes, that they, they taught that if you're not circumcised and under the law of Moses, that you're, you can't even be saved. But there were other Judaizers, there were other people that did believe in Christ, but they just added Christ to the law. If you just go with Christ and and Him as what He did at Calvary, you can't throw out the law because that's from God too and they just didn't understand. So, uh, you know, they were trying to add Jesus of what He did, who He was, to the law, not letting go of the law, still trying to be circumcised. and, 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 And that's not the way the Bible works. He came to get you out from under the law. The law, of course, still has its moral purpose. You, you know, uh, you shall not kill and lie and steal and all that stuff. And of course you won't if your faith is in the one who never did and who was perfect and what he did at Calvary so you could be forgiven and have a new nature and live with faith in him. And, and you know, God is not going to judge us based on the law. Paul said every man's going to be judged based on his gospel, not the law. Those who are going to be judged by the law, listen, the Bible says the law only speaks to those who are under it. That's what Paul wrote. So they had a problem with Paul because Paul was saying, look, the law didn't do anything but point us to a coming Christ to, so that he could justify us by faith. And they're like, no, 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 you can't throw out the law. If you throw out the law, then you'll just live in sin. They didn't understand that Christ was enough as the Lamb of God to take away all our sin, past, present, and future. And they, they, they compelled, they constrained the Galatians to be circumcised. And, and, and the reason that they wouldn't let go of the law is basically right here in verse 12, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. If you just add Jesus and His cross to, to any other things or you add all these other things to Jesus and what He did at Calvary, you're not going to suffer persecution. The persecution comes with only believing that Christ is the only answer for all sin and all power and all provision of God. You're going to suffer persecution. We do that now to some degree. We're not thrown in jail. We're not stoned. We're not shot at yet and all these things. But we're pushed aside. People in our own community won't come to this Bible study because they really don't believe it was all about Jesus and what He did. They think they have to be in a certain denomination. They have to sit under sit under only their preacher can they hear from. And if that's your attitude, you're really not even hearing from him because he's probably not even preaching the gospel. And all these people, they, they, they push the, the true ministers of God today are shunned like they've always been. They, they're pushed aside like they're just too narrow-minded <clears throat> and, and a lot of things are said about these ministers today who, you know, and, and Robin and I were talking about it this morning uh, about, you know, if you are a true minister of the gospel, you're, you're going to be preaching this narrow way. And you're going to make comments like, everything I've got to say, everything God has said has got to be tied to Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Every single message, no matter what your topic is. And when preachers say out there about you who are doing that, really preaching the message of the cross, that, that you don't have to say cross, you don't have to say blood, you don't have to be focused on the cross in every message. Let me remind you, I don't care who they are and what platform they're on right now, they're a part of the problem and the reason how the church got so far off track today. 
If you start saying you don't have to talk about the cross all the time and what Jesus there did as the Lamb of God, you don't have to talk about the blood and redemption, you don't have to talk about all those things in every message, then you're already moving away and you're a part of the problem. You are a part of the problem. There can be 10,000 sermons, but in every sermon, the message must be Christ and Him crucified. I can prove it with the Bible. I do it all the time at Crossway Church here, and I hope folks listening are getting a, grabbing a hold of this, that every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. I love to share this. It brings those who are hungry to the, a closer walk with the Lord. It removes confusion. It removes all this junk that you're just not sure about. I just don't know. And it brings clarity. All God's words are in righteousness. And righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. From faith to faith. Not, not, not just faith in whatever, but faith in God's Word in the context of the Gospel, for it's the only avenue of righteousness to come, the righteousness of God's Word. You can't separate righteousness from Christ, and Christ and what He did at Calvary is the impartation daily of that righteousness. And every word God has ever spoken is in that context. I don't want to teach too, too much on that, but, but I talk about this all the time to our people and, and, and to whoever hears, and you need to understand that. These people that come along that won't stick with the cross is because they're growing weary of being shunned, pushed out. They're growing weary of not seeing people come to their church. Keep preaching the cross. God is testing you. Keep preaching the cross, preacher. God is testing you to see if you will become and remain determined to know nothing else. With that comes persecution. With that comes criticism. With that comes the pushing away of most of the church today. But accept it and preach the cross. Don't accept anything else. I'm trying to help you this morning. They, they would not accept just Christ and Him crucified as the Son of God, the Lamb of God, that, that God really did away with the old to establish the new. And the Bible says that in the New Testament. And, and, and Jesus is our righteousness, not the law. They, couldn't, they wouldn't accept that because if you accept that, just like you and I today, I knew when I started preaching the cross the way it should be preached that everybody in town wasn't coming. And when I see these posts on social media of 4,000, 6,000, they call Christians gathered up in a big arena, uh-uh, honey, unleash me in there for about 15 minutes preaching the true gospel and we'll empty that house down to the remnant that really wants to see a move of God. Amen. Think about that. Think about that. When you see thousands and thousands of people gathered together, even if they are Christians in our day and time in which we live, where they can't even, they, 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 they are, they've been saved, but now they don't even know if abortion's wrong. They really don't even know if homosexuality is an abomination they're, because they're not learning God's Word in its righteous context. And in the, in the days ahead, those that remain determined to know nothing else, the persecution is going to grow along with the illumination of God's Word in our hearts. God's teaching us great things today that we've never known before so that we can walk closer with Him than we ever have and more grace, more knowledge, a greater anointing. But with those things, even the gifts of the Holy Spirit that's going to be poured out in the days ahead like the church hadn't seen, even in the early church. But with that all comes great persecution. That will send most Christians to the couch at home, locked up, don't want to be any part of that. It, today, if your preacher is preaching the gospel and everybody in town, I mean, I, I, they'll quit going to that church. Well, he's under fire. I don't want to come under fire. Listen, if you're preaching the gospel and you give up all the fads of the church today, the purpose-driven, the promise keepers, the government of 12, the words you speak, the, the walk of Emmaus, and uh, that's only a few of the thousands of things we lay out there calling it a move of God. If you just preach the cross like Paul did, you're going to be pushed out. Your church is going to be looked at like, man, they're still stuck at the cross. I wish they'd come on into the new era, this 
this new culture. God ain't studying your culture. God just looking to see if you'll accept his son Jesus and what he did at Calvary, not just to get into heaven, but to get into his will every day of your life with provision and power. Praise God. Everyone outside of faith in the cross is only attempting to make a fair show. And that phrase here means a good showing. Everybody that's wanting to live for God is out to make a good showing. The question is, how are we doing it? What is it that's empowering us to put on the show we're putting on? Is it the Lord working in and through us and the fruit of His Spirit so that He can be the one on show? Or is it our denomination and our, or our preacher or our church or our whatever? What's on show there? Because we all as Christians are putting on a show for God to see. And God ain't looking for nothing but the fruit of Him. He's the show. <laughs> Not our preacher and our denomination. It means a good showing in the flesh all about what they can do. Even if they're attempting to place a tag on it saying that it's God doing it. This is always done in deception. These Judaizers did not have a move of God going on in their life. Paul and his group alone did. They did not have a move of God. And this is why, because Galatians, and we've already studied this in chapter 5, and let's look back at it, Galatians 5, 18. If you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. And let's clarify what the law is. It means anything you think you can do, you can do it. For salvation, initial salvation, or Daily sanctification, the power and provision of God in your life. If it's you doing it, instead of faith in what Christ did and the Holy Spirit doing it, Holy Spirit's not leading you under law. Holy Spirit's not leading you to do anything that's you doing it for sanctification, for justification. The Holy Spirit will lead you into many works, but it's his works and not yours. We're talking, we say law, we're talking about anything you do. If you think water baptism, which is something you do, saves you, you're still lost. Now I want you to hear that. Water baptism is a good thing in the sight of God if it's an obedient act because I'm already saved and it's a testimony and a witness that I've already accepted. Christ died for me. I died with Him. He was buried. I was buried with Him. And when He come out of the grave, I came out with Him, in Him. If I'm thinking getting in that water hole is going to save me and get me to heaven, I'm still lost, my friend. Still lost. Because water can't save me, but the blood of Jesus can. Hallelujah. Amen. The Judaizers were claiming God was with them and that if the Galatians refused to live according to the law and be circumcised, they could not be saved. Again, that's Acts 15.1. It tells you that in plain writing there. Let's look at that today since we have a Bible right here. My goodness, it's, we're blessed to have a Bible, aren't we? Amen. Acts 15.1, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Right there in your Bibles. Now some of them were teaching that. That's like folks today in, in America, by the hundreds of thousands, there's churches in every town. The Church of Christ denomination. If you're not baptized in water, you're not going to heaven. If you, don't, if you don't do that, you're not going to heaven. You can't be saved. Well, i got news for you. We're saved by grace, which is what God did in Christ at Calvary through our faith in that, not what we do. It don't matter if it is biblical. You are doing it, and it can't save you. If it could save you, Jesus didn't need to come. They were being baptized, listen, before Jesus got here. And I know Jesus came and taught that you got to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But even if a preacher puts you underwater in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if you've not accepted Christ as the Lamb of God for the forgiveness of your sins, that water didn't do a thing but you, but make you dry off with a towel when you got through. That's it. Everybody might have been shouting and hollering when you got water baptized, but the angels weren't rejoicing. You've got to be born again. Amen. Water can't do that. Amen. Amen. 
Many today know, as the Judaizers knew, that those who follow the way of Christ, which is the way of the cross, will be required to suffer rejection and persecution. Therefore, they refuse the way. Think about that. There are people right now that we were in church with for years. I see some of them quite often, and they just don't believe what we believe. And spiritual matters, when, it, when they come up, they're not going to say very much because they do see what I post on Facebook. They see what I preach. And they know it's true. Amen. They can't refute it. They cannot refute because it's the Scripture in the light of the one who said the Scriptures are about Him. Every single day. Doing a verse-by-verse study and sharing it on uh, social media on Facebook, on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. On Proverbs, verse-by-verse. We're in 19, chapter 19 right now. And every verse, every day, we talk, the Holy Spirit reveals how that is related to Christ and what He did at Calvary. See, that's where the church needs to get back to. How does this Bible relate to Jesus and what He did at Calvary? Because Jesus said the Scriptures were about Him. And I know people say, well, the New Testament is about the church. I said, well, the church is in Christ. If you don't understand how the Bible relates to Christ, the, the purpose we were given the commandments in the New Testament and direction that we have, instruction, if you don't understand how it all relates, it's tied to Christ and His finished work, it's just you doing things and not Him doing it through you. And I know people hear that and they say, well, you don't have to know all that. Yes, you do. God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Even in our day right now, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and said many are weak, sick, and die prematurely because they're not discerning the Lord's body. Listen, and, and people who disagree with that, as we talked before uh, Bible study this morning, they're the same people that, say, that will say, they might not say it with their lips, but their subconscious, their heart says it. I don't have to know all that. God's grace abounds in my life no matter what kind of sin's there. Even though sin may be in my life, God's grace abounds. The Bible says God forbids that you continue serving that sin nature. God forbids that. Because grace cannot abound in sin. The way grace abounds is forgiving and delivering you from sin. Amen, Brother Curtis. So here we are in Galatians 6.14, and here the Bible says, no, let's back up to 13. That's where we are. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law. Now they're preaching you've got to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses. But Paul says, neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law. You know why? Because they can't. No man's ever kept the law. You know, somebody sent me a message the other day and, and from overseas somewhere and, and said, you know, you know uh, all this stuff about... You know, women and bleeding, and aren't we supposed to put them outside the camp? And I said, man, that that was in the Old Testament. Yeah. I, you know, and they and, and he come back with, well, God put it in the Bible for some reason, and they don't understand the New Covenant, right. and that number one, we're not Jews, right. and number two, most importantly, all things have passed away. We don't live according to the law. The law only speaks to those who are under it. The Bible says in Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, I believe it is, that God in these last days speaks to us by His Son. When God sent His Son, He did away, Jesus, the Bible says, was the end of the law for righteousness. He is now our our righteousness. So, and you know, these people that say that, uh, about do we have to still do that? Well, do we have to still bring a calf, a, a, a lamb? No. Do we have to still lay down and don't move on the Sabbath? Can't even pick your nose. Can't move on the Sabbath. God forbid we are free now. And, 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 and even the, the, the Jews had a problem. They didn't even know the Gentiles could be saved. What, 11, 13 years after the resurrection, they didn't really even know that. 
and still they started learning and Cornelius and you know Gentiles getting saved, speaking in other tongues, filled with the Holy Ghost. And, uh, but then they, then they had a deli- they always had a problem. There's always been friction wherever there's a people of God, no matter what age. But the Jews, Christian Jews, had a problem with the Christian Gentiles. Well, what kind of law are we going to put them under now? And the only reason they would say that is because they didn't understand that they were free from the law too. So they had these meetings. You can read this in the book of Acts. They have these meetings and they, they come to the, de- the ter- determination that, you know, that we're not going to... And Peter said, we're, why are we going to put all this on them? We can't even keep it. And that's what Paul here means. He says, they're trying to get you to tell you you've got to be circumcised and live according to the law of Moses. They're circumcised and they can't even keep the law. No man's ever kept the law. That's why Jesus... Makes you a what? A sinner. And Jesus died to redeem us from the curse of the law so that we could be forgiven of our sins, which is not being able to keep the law. Amen. And now, with our faith in Him, the law keeper, we become law keepers. So he says, For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. That's just like today. They just they, they these these legalistic and all this false stuff out there, which everything not pointing to the cross is false. Let's get that right out on the table. Get it out here where everybody can see it. If they're not using the scriptures to point to Christ and Him crucified, they're preaching law. They're sowing to the flesh. They're go, they're reaping corruption. They got more problems in their church than they'll ever admit. But God sees their problems. He sees their rejection of this message because all over this nation, the word is out. The way is the way of the cross. Amen. The word is out. It's on Direct TV. It's on Dish TV. It's on radios. Churches are popping up all over this nation. Even new churches as we speak. <laughs> preaching the message of the cross, which God says is the power of God Amen. to us who are being saved. Amen. 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 That's right. So they're without excuse. But if they accept it, they know they're going to lose everything. What? What are they going to lose? Everything they have worked for. But it's better to get out of everything you've worked for and step into what God works in That's why Paul got a revelation of that preacher and he said, all right, I've come to that place. I count all that dung for the sake of the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Not the knowledge of tradition. You got all these preachers. Man, they know church history and there ain't nothing wrong with knowing church history. But when that's all they got to talk about, I ain't got no time to listen to them. I ain't listening to them. I want to hear about my Savior. I want to hear about Christ. Anyway, church history, how's that going to help me today? That was then. That ain't now. This is now. And the Bible says, now faith is, not was for me. Hallelujah. I'm glad that we can read and know some things about church history. But I'm more glad to know about the history that's written in this book. Because... It was written by men who were breathed on by God. Everything else is just hearsay from brother to sister to sister to brother from all down through the ages and wrote down in books. It's not anointed of the Holy Ghost. The Bible is. And I know some people would disagree with that, but that's all right. I don't care. Why not preach something you can keep? That's what I say today. Why not preach something you can keep, which is the faith? Because you sure can't keep the law. Why are you going to preach something you can't keep? Why are you going to tell folk to do something they can't do unless you tell them how to do it? See, that's the big question in the church. We're Christians. We know to do right. Bible's full of quit lying, quit stealing, love each other, forgive each other, uh, don't, don't let the sun go down on the wrath, all these things. Turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, give them that coat, feed the hungry, take care of the poor, praise God. We know what to do, but nobody until this reformation has started 22 or there about years ago has known how to do what we're told to do. Now I want you to think about that. 
Very, very few people through 2,000 years almost of being the church have known how to live for God. You ask any Christian today out on the street, I dare you just ask them, how do you live for God? And they'll start telling you everything they got to do. Go to church, read my Bible, pray, blah, blah, blah. Didn't ask you what you're supposed to be doing. How do you do that? How do you do that when you don't feel like doing that? How do you live for God? How do you do good? when you don't feel like doing good? How do you get up anyway and go to church when you really don't want to? How do you How do you have the power of God to live for God the way God says you're to live for Him, not the way you write down how you ought to? And that's where the church is. Well, this is what I'll do. This is how I'll do it. And no, the Bible tells us what to do and how to do it. But I'm telling you, y'all need to think about that. First 1,500 years, pretty much, church in the dark age. Nobody had Bibles. Everybody, whoever the leaders were, that very few people that had leaders, it turned into what we know as the Roman Catholic Church and, and all that mess. And, 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 and until Martin Luther came along 500 years ago, folk didn't know anything about being justified by faith. We got away from that. Because being justified by faith, knowing the truth, gives the Holy Spirit the, the right to control you. But unless you know that, it's because men are telling you things so they can control you. And the root of all of that is the love for money. Think about that. You're living in the most precious time. Just like Jesus turning the water into wine, saving the best for last, that's who you are. That's why we're here. Not because it's us, but because in the plan of God. Think about this. Before the 1900s rolled around, how many people was being baptized with the Holy Spirit? Hardly any. Think about now another reformation here. Think about that. Starting in the mid-90s, late-90s. Who knew how to live for God? Hardly anybody. Even the, even the men of old that you, that you read about statements they make in their books that are right, they didn't really get up and expound on it and preach on it. They just made statements like you shouldn't live under the dominion of sin. And then they just kept writing because Romans 6.14 tells us that we won't. They didn't know. They didn't have what we have today. We're living in the most precious time of all. God's He's illuminating Christ in the Word of God. This this is dear to me. This is very dear to me. This 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 what we we you know we read the story of Esther and we quote that what they said in that story. You know we're here for such a time as this. And oh that sounds really spiritual, boy. And you can get people swinging off the chandeliers for that. But I'm gonna tell you when you recognize where you are in the plan of God, oh my goodness, you will be encouraged and and, and blessed. That God's about to put the lid on this thing as we know it. it we're here at the end coming down to the, to the wire. Mm. Mm. Why not preach something you can keep, which is the faith, because we sure can't keep the law. Neither are they keeping the law who are circumcised as no one ever could, but only desiring to bring men under their own authority and bondage. And let me say it again this morning. Even when we don't know we're doing it, we're guilty of wanting to control the people. How many preachers get up and minister from the pulpit something that will just hold really the people in a place of need? And really the preachers don't even know they're doing this, but it's happening all over the world. They want you to think you need them. When the gospel is preached like Paul preached it, you learn not to be dependent upon the minister, but upon the one the gospel is about, Jesus. But ministers like to control. They like to control people because they don't know the truth. The truth sets you free not only from sin, but the control of men. Let me say that again. I liked it. The gospel not only sets you free from sin, but the control of men. And that's why these folks who are hearing this gospel on stations like this, internet places like this, SBN, DirecTV, Dish TV, Sun Life Radio, they're, they're coming up out of these churches where they're, God's showing them you've been controlled. And I don't mean by mean men who show up at your house and, and try to tell you what you ought to be doing. No, by not preaching the gospel, you're giving them the right to control you. 
Because that's the, that's, that's the cause, that's, that's the, the desire behind not preaching the gospel. I've got to be in control. I've heard preachers say it. If I start preaching the gospel, I'll lose control of my congregation. They'll just start thinking they can, if it's just all they got to do is believe in the cross and they don't have to do all these things that we, we, we've asked them to do, I'll lose control. Ministers aren't called to control people. They're called and to, to deliver the gospel so the Holy Spirit can take control. Amen. I'm teaching better than your amen in this morning. That's alright. I'll amen all the rest of the day. Hmm. Even if it is done in ignorance, those who are under law desire everyone else to be under law so they can all glory in their flesh together. Think about these gatherings where men wear long sleeves, women only wear dresses, no makeup, hair can't be cut, and blah, blah, blah. The list goes on and on and on. They're glorying in their flesh. And it's all about them and the way they dress. Oh, now they say it's for the glory of God. They say it's a part of their holiness and all that. But listen, holiness ain't about what you wear. Romans chapter 6 reveals the only avenue to have holy fruit is to serve righteousness. And the only way you can serve righteousness is to have your faith in the cross. That's plain English in Romans chapter 6. You've got to make a new translation, which men are making many these days, to get away from the persecution of the cross just so they can stay under law and be bound in sin. Because all that's a big boatload of fleshly sin. Faith in the cross eliminates you from thinking you've got to wear long sleeves. If you want to wear long sleeves, wear them. But it ain't getting you nothing with God. You're not pleased. God's not pleased with your long sleeves. God's not pleased with, with a woman not wearing makeup. And neither is her husband. <laughs> you ever notice those kind of people? Boy, the men can dress up to... Boy, they can get it. You see them out there, men looking good. Got to, but here comes that woman, look like a little servant girl coming behind. Yeah, I don't, come on now. That's, that's unbiblical. That's, that's, that's really evil. That's taking God's Word, hear me now, out of its righteous context and turning God's Word, His truth, into a lie. Mm, read Romans 1, because it's about all them that are functioning in that manner. And again, that's why they don't love Brother Curtis. I remember paying one time for some mechanical work and, and, and a man, I didn't know he was one of them, one of them legalists of our day, those under law, and, and I paid for it. You, Robin used to sell uh, uh, Avon or Mary Kay, I think. You know, I don't know what I mean. And I paid for it with a check and it had lipstick all over it. And I wasn't thinking anything about that. And he, he saw that lipstick on that check. Just that's all it took to turn his face red and set him off. He said, you believe women ought to wear makeup? <laughs> I didn't know any better because I, I sure didn't even know all this I teach today back then. This was, man, this was in the 90s. I said, well, if they need it. And he went right from that into water baptism. Don't you know, do you believe people have to be water baptized to go to heaven? And, 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 and again, I, you know, I knew that wasn't right, but instead of answering that the way he wanted me to, I just said, you know what, sir, I'll never forget it. I said, you know what, sir, I don't know everything, but I know when somebody's in the flesh. And boy, he shut up, turned redder than fire, and didn't say another word to me, didn't even say thank you and come back. <laughs> and I didn't anyway. <laughs> Even when the, these things are done in ignorance, those who are under law desire everyone else to be under law so they can all glory in their flesh together. Want you to be my, like me, look like me, act like me. Because this is holiness. Come on now. And then what does Paul say after this? They can't keep the law. They're getting circumcised and it ain't helping them one bit. You know what Paul's telling them? There ain't no power in circumcision. Amen. Why? Because that's something you do. It's kindergarten. God don't honor anything you do. And I've said this for years and I'm going to keep saying it. God only honors what God does. 
What God did was work a work in Christ by grace, Hebrews 2.9, 2 Corinthians 5.21, at the cross to impute His righteousness unto us to erase our sins from us. God was in Christ reconciling sinners. God only works through that which He worked in Christ. He don't work outside of that. And God only honors what God does. God honors what He did in Christ at Calvary. And when your faith is in that, God honors that faith alone and continues that work in you to perform, perfect, make complete that work He started in you. When we move away from the cross to all these fads, and, and, and I know people listen to me and they say, well, we're not, we're not against the cross. We're just, we, we think that these programs and these things, you know, they, they can get us uh, to... No, they can't. Because whatever we're teaching, if we're not using God's Word to point to the cross, we're teaching that these things can help us and they cannot. They can only hurt us. And it's, and it's in every church in America except those God has brought back to the place where they're determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. He says, verse 13, that their desire is to have you circumcised only so they can glory in your flesh. Why do these denominations out here that say you can't go to heaven unless you're water baptized, why do they do that? Because they're under law. The law only speaks to them who are under the law. So all they can speak is the law. If you're under law, it's because you're allowing the law to speak to you, not grace, and all you can speak is law, and you want people to have the same testimony of law that you have. But if you're a preacher of the true gospel, the message of the cross, you want everybody to have the same testimony you have, which is a testimony of God's grace. Not what I've done, but what He's done. Yes, but God's called us to do many works, but not for salvation and not for sanctification. If you're doing it, God... God ain't doing it. He ain't, God only honors what God does. And here comes the big one, Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right. But why is it right? Because that's all God's going to honor. And all His works are done in truth. And truth is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Because Jesus said in John 8, 32, When you know the truth, the truth shall make you free. And the only thing that made you free is Jesus and Him crucified. <clears throat> James calls the Bible the law of liberty. All the Bible is the law of liberty. And there's no liberty outside of Christ and Him crucified. So everything in the Word, we're back to all God's words being in righteousness and His righteousness only being revealed in the Gospel. We're back to that, always coming back to that. <clears throat> Because if God's Word is going to liberate me, it's got to be in the context of Christ and what He did to liberate me. It's not the cross and now the Word. No, it's the Word in the context of the cross of Christ because through that comes grace that brings all the righteousness of God. For the status, you're righteous in Christ to the fruits of righteousness in your life every day. Without the cross involved in your life today, today, not yesterday, without the cross, your faith in the cross today alone, there will be no fruits of righteousness for you. Not being ugly, just being real. God wants you to come back. I'm I always preach my messages with large letters like Paul wrote <clears throat> because it's urgent that the church hears this and come back. And then he says this in verse 14, <clears throat> But God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, <clears throat> by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. You see that? There's a crucifixion that took place at Calvary. We were crucified to the world and the world to us. That means there was, there's been such a change in our life in another place in the Bible. It's this, that you've become a new creation. Behold, God says... All things are new. The way you see everything. The way you relate and respond to everything. The place you now walk. The people you now fellowship with. Everything about you is different. You're not the old man anymore. <clears throat> 
He died. He's been crucified and buried. <clears throat> and the Lord's been really showing me that, and I've said this lately, but the old man cannot go to heaven. He cannot do a good work. He cannot be saved. The old man cannot be saved. He has to die. And a new man created in Christ. Well, that can't happen under law. <clears throat> and the new man can't function under law. The new man cannot function under law. The new man is bound under law. Even the new man is bound when he goes back. And, I, and, and maybe I need to stop saying that we go back under law because we are under grace as children of God. So let's think about this this morning just for a second, real fresh off the press at this very moment. Maybe we should stop saying we go back under the law and maybe we should actually start saying we begin to operate as though we're under law. Can we talk about that? Because we're under grace. We're under what God did at Calvary. But we can begin to operate as though we're back under law. Eat this, don't eat that, only do this on that day. And Paul says, my Lord, I'm disappointed you guys. Who, who brought you back into this? And the elements of the world, they'll only bind you. You're not under law, you're under grace. Don't, don't live as though you're under law. So maybe we need to think about in the next few days ahead... Just a thought, amen? Thank God for thoughts. He gave them to you. He don't want you just to be stuck in one spot the rest of your life. He wants you to grow in the knowledge. He'll give it to you. And then if you'll let Him work by your faith in your life, that's called the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in what God will tell you if you'll let Him work in your life. That's growing in the knowledge and allowing God to work in your life, which is what grace is, of what He's trying to teach you. Because this morning in Bible class, we're hearing some things. And it is, I guess I'll admit, it is a part of our learning, but it's the initial part. Until there's fruit in your life of what you've heard, you really hadn't learned like you should. If all you do is hear and you don't become a doer, James wrote, you're, you, you deceived your own self. Now, I'm just a Bible guy. I believe the Bible. If I'm just a hearer and not a doer, that means I'm not really learning. That means, I, my, that means my faith is not where it should be because when my faith is in the cross, that makes me a disciple of Christ and the word disciple means Learner. I'm learning. And learning means more than I'm just going to church and hearing. Learning means now there's fruit to show I have learned. I'm learning. Because telling somebody you learned something, you know, you can say I learned not to play in the road and run out there and get run over. I know a guy personally who was an ag agriculture FFA teacher back, back in the, in the uh, 80s, I think. 70s or 80s this happened to him. I know him and uh, personally. And, and uh, he, he had a table saw in class. He said, you never want to run your finger <clears throat> up near that blade and cut his thumb off right there. Didn't mean to do it. Now he was trying to tell somebody he's learned something and then he just cut his thumb off. Or one of his fingers. Well, you, you ain't learned nothing. <laughs> you know, tell me, don't go out and play in the road. <laughs> oh, you ain't learned nothing. Fruit comes from actively participating, which is called what? By faith. I believe it to the point of subject. It's, let's just use, use tithing. It's a easy something to use. God's Word says I should bring a tenth, a tithe, into the, into the storehouse. And it, it's holy. I'm holy. God's holy. I'm giving the holy tithe because I'm a holy child to a holy God. But until I subject myself to that by faith and believe God is going to bless me because I'm obeying His Word, because I'm giving to a storehouse, that which brings forth that message to show there's meat in the house of God. If, if, if I don't do it, I'm not believing it. Believing, faith produces what? Faith is dead without works. True faith that's alive brings forth works. Amen. Hey, we got one minute left. Y'all been holding me up too long. I'm going to read this verse 14. 
And we'll stop there. We didn't get through this week. Who would have thought? But God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I to the world. See, if the message of the cross was preeminent in all the churches, the churches would be leaving the world. The church would be coming out of the world. I was crucified to the world's music. I was crucified to all the things that that party spirit, that's even in the church, that party spirit. The party spirit. Got to go out and be a little social with my friends. Going to have a few drinks and stuff. That's the spirit of the world in the church. And it's because they don't know. And if you don't know, how can you subject yourself to the message of truth for sanctification? You have to be hearing the message of the cross at all times. All Scripture must, you must see Christ and what He did for you if you're in the Word of God. No matter what, if it's provision for you, whatever that provision is only comes through faith in Christ and Him crucified. Well, we're out of time. We love you. We're here every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. I pray you'd share. Hit the share button. Help us get the truth out to the world. We love you. God bless you. And until next time, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See ya.